This is the Harvest Community Church Podcast with Pastor Michael Jones. And now let's join today's message, Already in Progress. Well, greetings everybody. This is Pastor Mike Jones of Harvest Community Church in Birmingham, Alabama where we are a community of worshipers committed to Christ, commissioned to serve, and called to pray without ceasing. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good, and His mercy endures forever. I want to wish everyone under the sound of my voice a very happy Valentine's Day. I love you all very, very much. Uh, I love the members and the leadership of Harvest Community Church. I love our associate ministers. I love and their families. I love our, our elders. I love our deacons and every single member of the church. Just want to tell you I love you with the love of Jesus Christ. And I hope that as you celebrate Valentine's Day today, that the, the love of God would be foremost on your minds. Now, <clears throat> there are a couple of exciting things that I'd like to announce and make you aware of. And one of them is that on March the 14th of this year, March the 14th, exactly one month from today, we will uh, restart our in-person worship services. March the 14th, uh, coming up in exactly one month, we will restart our in-person worship service. We will continue to have worship service on YouTube. We'll continue to be sharing in this way. But we will reestablish and reopen our uh, in-person worship in exactly one month. What an exciting time. That, that particular Sunday, the second Sunday in March, marks one year that we've been away from in-person worship. It's time. It's time for us to no longer be disconnected but it's time for us to reconnect. It's time no longer for us to be missing in the fellowship. It's time for us to reestablish our fellowship. So I do want you to prepare your hearts and prepare your bodies to come back to worship service. We'll have temperatures taken at the door. We will practice social distancing. We'll have hand sanitizer. We will only meet for about one hour or less. So please, we're going to, to sanitize the church and make things as safe as we possibly can. The other thing I'd like to share is that those who are eligible for uh, vaccinations, please get vaccinated. It's important that, that we all get vaccinated when uh, it is our time and the vaccine is available for us. We need to be vaccinated. I believe that God is, is slowly but surely giving us the victory over this pandemic, and we want to be involved in that. So if you have your Bibles, open them up to John chapter 13, and we're just going to read verses 34 and 35. John 13, 34 and 35, and it reads, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. 
By this all men will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Let's pray. Father God, we do thank you so much for your word today. We ask that you would speak to us through your word. Look, Father, we ask that you would allow us to lift up Jesus. And as we lift up Jesus, Lord, help us to believe on him. And as we believe on him, Lord, help us to be saved. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Won't you say amen, amen, and amen. Well, you'll remember last week that we talked on the subject, Love Like Jesus. This is actually part two. Love Like Jesus, Eight Characteristics of Biblical Love. Love Like Jesus, Eight Characteristics of Biblical Love. So, men and women, what are these last four items and, and, and I do want to caution you about this message. This message is difficult to handle because we get into the hard principles of love. We get into the difficult, the difficulties of love. And, and without talking about these things, I think we make love incomplete. I think that we don't give a, a rounded view of what love really is. I know that I do a lot of marriage counseling. And, and many women come to me and, and, and want to get prepared for marriage. And you can always tell the engaged couples. Because the engaged couples only need one seat to sit down. They're all over one another. They're all smiling and they're all grinning. And when I go over some of these difficult principles with them, they give me that look on their face like, Pastor Mike, that could never happen to us. Pastor Mike, you don't know us. We genuinely love one another. We'll never have difficulty. We'll never be at odds with one another. We'll never fight with one another. We will never think about separating. We'll never break up. Pastor Mike, you just don't know us. We're in love with one another. Well, men and women, this is the time where you need to get out your pencil or your pen a notepad, some paper, and take some notes about what real, genuine, biblical love is. So we're going to look at the last four principles. And these last four principles give us tremendous insight into the fact that we cannot love people on our own strength. That we need God to love people authentically and biblically and genuinely. So let's jump right in. Point number five in the eight is that loving like Jesus is a command. Loving like Jesus is a command. And men and women, it's a command because in our natural uh, self, if the normal course of action, we will not love people the way this verse talks about. So, point number five is loving like Jesus is a command. And it's the two verses that we've looked at the last two weeks. As Jesus tells his disciples in John 13, verses 34 through 35, he says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. The first thing I'd like to say about these verses are that this is a command, not a suggestion. It is a command to love people the way Jesus Christ loves us 
It is a command. As a matter of fact, Jesus starts off by saying, A new commandment I give to you. In the original language, it gives you the idea that it is not anything new, but it is a fresh commandment. It is a fresh commandment. He has already said, Love your neighbor as you love yourself. But Jesus is saying, in a real fresh way, I, I command you that you love one another, and then he qualifies it. As I have loved you, I want you to lay down your life for your friends. I want you to give to them. I want you to love them sacrificially. I want you to love them unconditionally. I want you to love them with a genuine, biblical, authentic love. I want you to love them selflessly. I want you to genuinely love them like you've never loved anybody else and use me as your guide. Disciples, if you have love, for one another. You see, the world knows if we're disciples of Jesus Christ, not by how much we know in our heads, but how much we love people with our hearts. The world knows that we are disciples not because of the clothes we wear or the place we show up on a Sunday morning or, or, or telling people that we're Christians. They will know that we are Christians by our love. And men and women, the world thinks that some of the most hateful unloving people on the planet are church people. And men and women, I want you to see that this is a command. It's not a suggestion. It is a command that we love people and when we love people the way Jesus loves us, we are marked. We're marked. It is a command to be obeyed, not a suggestion to take note of. And men and women, we need more love. We need folks who will love folks beyond their stuff. We need folks who will love sinners. We need folks who will love people with problems. We need folks who will love people with issues. And men and women, if we are disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ, the same way He loved us and loves us through our stuff, we got to love people through our stuff as well. Point number five is simply loving like Jesus is a command. Point number six. Point number six is found in Ephesians chapter six, verses 10 through 13. You know it. It says, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Point number six is simply loving like Jesus is combative. Loving like Jesus is not just a command, but loving like Jesus is combative. Well, why is it combative? Because when we try to love people like Jesus, there is always spiritual warfare. There is also always spiritual warfare. Let's look at the verses. In verse 10, it says, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. And then he goes on to say, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil or against the schemes of the devil or against the plot 
of the devil. And many women, let me tell you, one of the plots, one of the schemes, one of the wiles of the devil, and it has to do with his name, is that he is an accuser of the brethren. Whenever you have uh, uh, wrong motives toward other people, whenever you question their motives, whenever you have a a hint of suspicion, whenever you have undue anger and unforgiveness and bitterness against a brother or a sister whom you are supposed to love, it is spiritual warfare. Men and women, I have have had times where I've made up my mind. I'm going to go home. I'm going to love on Miss Kim the way I, I, I love. Maybe we've had an argument beforehand. Maybe we've had an issue. And, and she's all she's right. A lot of times I'm the one who's wrong. And I make my way home. I get out of the car. I make every effort. I open the front door. We say hello to one another. And I can sense the warfare in my own heart. This unwillingness to be loving, this unwillingness to be kind, this unwillingness to be patient, this unwillingness to sacrifice myself, this unwillingness to be selfless instead of selfish. And men and women, we need to understand that loving people the way Jesus loves us, when we try to do that, there is spiritual warfare. But the remedy is to put on the whole armor of God to make sure that we recognize that it is spiritual warfare to make sure that we understand that our struggle isn't against flesh and blood well what I'm telling you is that God has a bigger game plan God has a bigger uh, a plan that will defeat the enemy God is the one wise enough God is the one strong enough And with regard to loving people, God says, Be strong in the Lord and the strength of His might, not our own. And then He goes on to say, Put on the whole armor of God. And men and women, sometimes we try and love people in our own strength, and it's admirable that we try and do that. It's a wonderful thing that we try and love folk. But we cannot love folk in our own strength. There is spiritual warfare. And our enemy is plotting against us. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants us to, he wants to destroy relationships. He wants us to destroy family ties. He wants us to be at odds with spouses. He wants us to be at odds with our children. He wants us to be at odds with extended family. He even wants us to be odd, at odds with one another in the church. Because he is an accuser of the brethren. Whenever you are at odds with people who you are supposed to love, it is spiritual warfare. Well, point number seven. Not only is loving like Jesus a command, not only loving like Jesus is combative, but loving like Jesus is hard. It's hard. 
Look down at the verses, Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 through 46. It says, You've heard it said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who cursed you, do good to those who hate you, pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for He makes the sun rise uh, on the evil and on the good, sends rain on the just and the unjust, for if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. Men and women, we are to love our enemies. I know it's hard. I know we wish we could take this verse out of the Bible. I know we wish we could ignore it. I know we wish we could do away with it. I know we wish we could just take some scissors and cut it out. But Jesus said... I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. And then it goes on to say, you will prove that you're, you, you are sons and daughters of your Father in heaven because this is what God is like. God reigns on the just and the unjust. He sins and makes the sun rise on the just and the unjust, the evil and the good. And what he's saying here is, if you love your enemies, you will be like God. Men and women, if you love your enemies, you will have God's character. You will have God's heart. You will have God's perspective. You will have God's outlook. You will actually be loving people the way God loves people. And God causes His Son to rise up every morning on the, the evil and the good. God causes it to rain on the evil and the good. Well, you may ask the question, Pastor Mike, how do I love my enemies? Well, it says it right here in the text. Here are three things you could do to love your enemies, and, and, and I believe they're foundational. With people who've hurt your feelings with people who've offended you, with people who've talked about you behind your back, with people who've misused you and abused you. This is what God says. This is how He says you can love them. Look at verse 44. He says, Bless those who curse you. Men and women, when He talks about blessing them, He doesn't mean giving them something materially. You bless a person with your words. So do not speak evil against them. Men and women, when people hurt us, we want to talk about them. We want to talk about them to everybody who will listen. We badmouth them and we become guilty of the same things that they have perpetuated on us. You bless those who curse them. You do not sin against them with your mouth. But look at the next thing. It says, bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you. Do good to them. Give them things. Bless them with material things. Do good to them. Say good things and bless them with your mouth. But do good. Don't be evil to them. Don't shun them. Don't, don't block them out. Don't ghost them. You do good to them. But not only that, it says, pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Do you know what Jesus prayed while he was on the cross with those who used him and despitefully, uh, who persecuted him and, and tortured him? He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. 
Men and women, we are never more like Jesus than when we love our enemies. So, men and women, I believe that God wants us to love like Jesus and know it's a command. That we're to love like Jesus and know it's combative. It's spiritual warfare. It's not going to be easy. We're love like Jesus because we know it's hard. But point number eight is loving like Jesus is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. In Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 and 23, it gives us the fruit of the Spirit. And the first one is love, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there's no law. You see, when we receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord, His Holy Spirit comes into our lives. And His Holy Spirit is not an it. His Holy Spirit is not an impersonal force. His Holy Spirit is a person. His Holy Spirit can talk. His Holy Spirit feels. His Holy Spirit decides on things. His Holy Spirit works. And what God wants us to do is to yield to His Holy Spirit and allow His Holy Spirit to love people through us. His Holy Spirit loves people. And newsflash... God loves some folk that you don't. God loves your enemies. God loves His creation. God loves that relative. God loves that spouse. God loves that child. And men and women, love is a fruit of the Holy Spirit of God. And it could be that when we're not loving people, we're not filled with His Spirit. Men and women, love the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit and love go together. Many people think that this verse that talks about the fruit of the Spirit, it's actually the fruit of love. That the fruit is really love and all of these other things spring out of love. That love is, is patient and love brings joy and love brings peace and love brings kindness. Love brings goodness and faithfulness and gentleness. Love brings self-control. I don't know if that's true, but, 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 but love is the foundation. It is the greatest of the virtues. And men and women, we cannot love people without the ministry of the Holy Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the source of love. The Holy Spirit is the force of love. The Holy Spirit directs the course of love. The Holy Spirit is the strength to love. The Holy Spirit is the power to love. And men and women, that Holy Spirit is rooted in the Gospel. It's rooted in the love of Jesus Christ. I want to share a passage of Scripture today uh, in, in addition to these eight characteristics that may bless you. I was listening to Tim Keller, and it's actually an illustration from one of his messages. He talked about Isaiah chapter 49, verses 14 through 16. And he talked about the possibility of us feeling unloved. And we, we, we many cases don't love people because we're not filled with love ourselves. And many of us feel unloved. Many of us feel unloved by our spouses and our family. Many of us feel unloved by God. And so Israel is complaining to God in Isaiah 49. Israel is, 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 is explaining to God that they feel unloved. And in Isaiah 49, 14, he says, But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me 
and the Lord has forgotten about me. Well, many of us feel forsaken, especially on Valentine's Day. We may feel forsaken. We may feel forgotten about. But notice what God says. God loves you. And notice what He says in verse 15. Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. God says, listen, a a mother who loves a child won't forget a child, but even if she does, there's the possibility that she may forget her child. There are some unloving parents out there. Yet God says, yet I won't forget you. I love you. I will not forsake you. I will not leave you. But I know what some of you are saying. Pastor Mike, those are just words. Those are just words on a page. You said early on that love is not just a feeling, but love is an action. Well, let's just keep on reading. Not only did God tell uh, Zion that God told uh, Israel that He loves them like a mother loves her children, and even if a mother forsakes her children, God said, I'll never forsake you. He says in verse 16, See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hand. I have inscribed you on the palms of my hand. Many have translated this as saying that, 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 that God has said, I've tattooed your name on the, the palms of my hand. Many have, have, have recognized that in the Old Testament, slaves would often have tattooed on their bodies the names of their masters, saying that they recognize them. They recognize that they take care of them. They recognize that these owners, uh, these masters own them. But that's not what this is saying. What if the master tattooed the servant's name on them? What if the the master said, I have tattooed your name not to describe how much uh, 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 I love, uh, how much you love me, but how much I love you. But tattoo is not a good rendering of this. Tim Keller goes on to say that this word in the Hebrew is not the word for tattoo. It's not the word for writing. It's the word for engraving. And when the Hebrews would engrave, they would take a hammer and a chisel. They would take a hammer and a chisel. And what God is saying is, I've taken hammer and children, chisel, and I've chiseled your name on my palms. To show you just how much I love you. And what I'm saying is, hundreds of years after Isaiah was written, there was a man named Thomas. So men and women, Thomas. Thomas met with the disciples. And he said, I will not believe unless I see the nail prints on his hands. I will not believe unless I see the markings on his hand. Unless uh, unless I see... The, the engraved hammer and chisel on the palms of his hands, I won't believe. Men and women, God loves you. Men and women, God loves you unconditionally. Men and women, God not only tells you he loves you, but he has shown you he loves you. On this Valentine's Day, 
God meets all of the 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 the, the qualifications. God meets all the principles. God meets all the markings of true, authentic, biblical love. As a matter of fact, all of these verses deal with just how much God loves us. And men and women, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And I want to say this, and I don't want to offend anyone, but if you are unloving, it could be that you've never experienced the love of God. It could be that if you don't love the people that God has placed in your life, that you've never had an encounter with the author of love, Jesus Himself. You see, Jesus died on the cross to demonstrate His love for us. Jesus was tortured to demonstrate His love for us. Jesus sacrificed Himself on a cross, shed His blood to prove His love for us. On this Valentine's Day, there is no greater expression of love than a man lay down his life for his friends. Men and women, He offers that kind of love to you. I received that kind of love years ago when I prayed a prayer and it went like this, Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I now open the door of my life and receive you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for forgiving my sins and giving me eternal life. Lord, take control of the throne of my life and make me the kind of person you want me to be. Father, I pray that if there's someone under the sound of my voice that needs the love of Jesus, I pray that they would say, yes, Lord, come into my life right now. Yes, Lord, I need forgiveness of my sin right now. Yes, Lord, I receive you as my Savior and Lord. I want that new life. I want the capacity to love people the way you want me to. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Happy Valentine's Day. God bless you. Love the people around you. In Jesus' name, amen. We are harvest.